Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to a new episode of the Phoenix MMA Podcast. It's on a nice, uh, snowy Sunday, uh, Sunday evening. Uh, I hope everybody's, um, staying warm and safe and all that good stuff. Uh, seems like we got some, got some snow on the way, um, uh, for, for Tennessee. We got some decent snow, it looks like, and some cold temperatures coming up, so... Um, I'll post on the, the social media, uh, if we're gonna need to be closed tomorrow, Monday, it's looking like there's a high, high probability that we'll have to be closed on Monday. Um, we will, we will see, um, how that goes. Uh, I'll check, check the roads first thing in the morning to see, see how the snow action is and, and ice, really the ice is, uh, the, the main danger point. Um, and I think it's not supposed to get above freezing this week until Thursday. So it doesn't mean that we're going to be closed all the way till then. Just Monday, I think is, uh, Monday and Tuesday are the worst of it. But, um, yeah, this podcast is going to be, uh, some details important, uh, for the gym always. And, uh, um, important PSA or education for somebody that's new to training. If they've never experienced this, it's going to be over ringworm staff, general, uh, hygiene for the gym, uh, for training. Uh, and when you do, uh, if you do get a skin infection, what to do, how to handle it. Um, and uh, again, we'll go over some other uh, gym hygiene things and then we'll finish up with, um, uh, breakdown of the the fight last night, uh, Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. Um, uh, it, was, it was a enjoyable fight. I enjoyed watching it. Um, very uh, technical fight and uh, good performance by uh, Ankalaev. Um, and uh, it was a it was a cool. It was I'm glad the UFC gave the rematch off of their their weird no contest um, where the. That that UFC, if you recall, there was a the, a doctor that was uh, had some odd calls, had an odd call earlier in that uh, UFC event um, on the undercard with a low blow, where the doctor was saying that the fighter was maybe lying, and then the the fighter had to go to the emergency room uh, from the low blows after it, and then with um, with uh, the Johnny Walker on Kalaev. The the um, incidental or illegal strike that that landed and um, had Walker, uh, they the doctor checked him, asked him questions inside, and then after that, that that fight's on YouTube uh, for free if you want to watch the first one. Um, uh, watched it before watching the fight to 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 try to see remember what the what it looked like. It wasn't long. Um, it was anticlimactic, but uh, but yeah, the end of it's got some chaos where Johnny Walker pushes the referee. The, the doctor calls it, and after he asks him question and uh, questions, and then uh, uh, Johnny Walker pushes the referee, and the security has to come in and stop it. And then and then uh, Ankalaev and John, and when they call it, Ankalaev and uh, Johnny Walker still want to fight. So even though security and the staff is in there, they, they basically like try a couple times to just keep the fight going. So it was, it was awesome at the UFC, uh, Dana White stepped in to settle the chaos and I'm sure he told them, Hey guys, I'll make it right and I'll reschedule it, uh, ASAP. So that was a good thing the UFC gave, uh, they rescheduled it and, uh, and yeah, could get it done. So that was, uh, cause this is a important fight for the division. Um, 
so um, yeah, so first we'll go over uh, the the topic of the day, the ringworm staph infection, and this will go for this will cover um, uh, also like any illness, cold. You got the cold, flu, COVID, um, you know, uh, cold sore, something like that. Any of these, uh, we want to avoid the gym and avoid the mats. Um, we have something that is contagious that our training partners can get. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a, it's a common sense thing, but it's understandable because, um, you know, you, you love training. It's a, uh, it's a fun part of your day or you're getting ready for a competition can really bum you out if, um, if you get, you know, a rash, um, or, or, I mean, I've, I've had a training partner years ago that, um, was sick. Um, he had a fever and I remember he came in and trained and he was, he was just really, really tired. And, uh, the coach or uh, somebody asked him like, man, what, you know, you, are you okay today? And he was like, yeah, I just, I just had a fever. So, um, but he said that, uh, he heard on an interview with Vanderlei Silva, that Vanderlei Silva said, even if he has a fever, he comes and trains. And, um, and it was like, no, don't do that. Um, uh, you know, he, and he ended up getting like 10 people, uh, sick, uh, cause, um, you know, his, his training session wasn't good, but, um, but he, uh, gave everybody the flu, um, or the cold, uh, like 10 people got sick like three days after that. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, but still I'll give you some, some tips and there are some, if you do get a ringworm infection or staph infection, um, they're not that big of a deal. They're pretty easy to treat and take care of. It's just frustrating that you'll have to be out for, um, so, uh, you know, a certain amount of days until it's gone and healed. Um, but there's still some stuff that you can do. There's always work that you can do. Um, you know, if you sprain your ankle or you fracture your hand, um, this is, uh, the world of combat sports and, um, you know, you might tweak your shoulder. The, there's going to be times where, um, you can always train around it. There's always something that you can do to make yourself, uh, better, um, um, uh, physically and mentally. So we'll go over some of those things as well. If you, uh, have a ringworm or staph infection, what are some things that you can do to, to actually make yourself better? So, uh, during that time. So first thing I'm going to go over is actually, uh, it was like perfect timing. Tom DeBlas, I put it up on the Instagram story, but Tom DeBlas actually posted this like right as, um, right as I was, I was meaning to do a podcast on this. He posted just a gym, uh, a gym hygiene PSA. Um, and this is, he, he gave a good list and I'll, I'll add to the list, um, but he gave a good general list um, of things. And so uh, if you're new to the gym, uh, to, to MMA, uh, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, kickboxing, boxing, all these things, um, any combat sport, uh, this is this is very important, and um, and this might be counterintuitive uh, for some people, where they think you know MMA combat sports, such a such a masculine tough tough sport, uh, you know tough athletes, uh, super strong, so you know um, uh, never give up, like train train every day. Um, that is all all that's true, like super tough. Um, um, very dedicated, very disciplined, um, but that also translates to uh, your hygiene and your uh, your your hygiene and um, uh, your hygiene and taking care of yourself and taking care of your training partners. It's not just um, focusing on your technique, focusing on uh, being uh, dedicated to your training, but dedicated to hygiene, dedicated to taking care of your training partners um, with injuries, or in this case, it could be a uh, type of illness or uh, skin infection. Um, and it's not, this is not just combat sports. When I went through the police academy, 
it was one of the things that they were very, very strict on us was hygiene. And, um, and, uh, I, I was used to it from, uh, MMA gyms. And, uh, so I, I was already prepared. So I was, I was already used to it, uh, when I went through the police academy. So I, I almost thought it was strange that they would, they would punish people if they, you know, if they didn't brush their teeth or they didn't shave properly, like sh- shaving was part of the uniform, but they were very, very strict on our hygiene, on showering, deodorant, brushing our teeth, shaving. Uh, and then I, and then I noticed just from observation through the police academy, and then I've also seen it through uh, MMA gyms through the years or, or wrestling rooms. Um, there's still jujitsu gyms today. Um, but uh, there's a, you know, majority of uh, gyms are guys and Guys can get nasty, um, and some people are just not uh, maybe just how they're raised, or they're just not that focused on hygiene. Um, but in the police academy, I was like, "Why? Why? This is self-evident. Why do you have to punish somebody uh, for hygiene? Like, why do you have to be so strict?" But then I realized how many guys uh, in the police academy that I went with that were just gross, that were just nasty, that um, didn't do things that seemed uh, self-evident or common sense. Um, that were just it was just disgusting, but, um, but they, they, they wouldn't do it. So, um, yeah, they would have to get punished and have to be doing bear crawls up and down the hallways or, um, yeah, punished for, for not brushing their teeth. You, you would think that an adult, um, <laughs> you would think an adult that's going to be given a gun would, uh, would not have to be told to, uh, brush their teeth or to put deodorant on or, um, you know, wear clean clothes, but, uh, but yeah, it's just part of it. If you got a bunch of sweaty guys, uh, in a room, uh, gotta be strict on hygiene. So going to go, I'm going to go through the list that Tom the blast had first, and then I'll add to it. And, uh, I got some, uh, uh things to expound on and some other bullet, uh, points to add. So, uh, for number one is, uh, that he has on his list, shower before class. If your job gets you, uh, uh dirty, you know, if you have uh, any type of job that, you know, you know, gets your hand, get your hands dirty, get your body dir- dirty. If you're working outdoors or a mechanic, or you know, this is again the obvious thing. But if you have an office job, you could probably get away with. Um, if you're, you know, you're sitting all day, um, you know, you're not uh, breaking up a big sweat, or you're not outside in the elements, you're not in the dirt. Uh, oil, etc. Um, so, office job or you maybe you work from home, you could uh, get away with without uh, showering right before class. But if you have a job that gets you dirty, um, you have a physical job, you definitely need to shower uh, before you come to practice. Do not, um, you know, don't come in. Uh, with with dirt all over your hands or all over your feet or you know you've again a mechanic or construction would be good examples of jobs that would, that you would need to shower before class don't come in uh, because you're going to be you're going to be uh, close proximity you're going to be touching people and, and nobody wants all that that dirt on them so um, uh, number two uh, wear clean clothes uh, do not wear the same outfit more than once to train um, so. So with this, you know, if you say you're doing a two-a-day, um, you know, you come to the lunch class, don't come back to the evening class. You know, I get it if it's your day off and you're like, hey, I want to hit a two-a-day today. 
Um, that's good. That's awesome. Nothing wrong with that. You're motivated, but don't come in with the same clothes that you wore, uh, for the lunch class. You know, you, you come to 11 AM and you come back 7:30 or 6 PM. Don't, don't be wearing the same clothes. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's what's re- that's, uh, how staff and ringworm really grow when they're created as, uh, sweaty, hot, wet things and, um, wear- wearing them too long or, I mean, the nastiest thing would be, you know, taking that stuff off, throwing it in a gym bag, uh, zipping it up, letting it just grow in your gym bag like a Petri dish, and then putting that back on later in the afternoon to, um, to come train again. That, that one would be really nasty to me. But I think the, the two-a-days are more just people that come train with the session, then they go live their life. They do work or run errands, whatever they're doing, and then they, uh, they come back for a, session, a second session, and they're still wearing you know the same underwear, same training clothes. Don't do that. Um, you need to shower after training sessions as well. Um, uh, you, it's really important that you that you shower after a training session. Every training session, um, uh, don't don't do two. Uh, you know, if you're doing two classes back to back, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, you do an 11 a.m. and then you come back for 6 p.m. You need to have showered in that time, wear all new clean clothes. Um, because with ringworm and staph infection, we we always have staph on our skin. We have it in our nostrils. Um, and ringworm is a, a fungus there, you know, it's, it's, you can't eradicate it. It's there in the world. Um, what you just don't want to happen is you don't want it to, to have time to fester and grow on your skin. Every time that I've gotten ringworm or staph infection, I've gotten both of them plenty of times. Every time I've gotten it, I know exactly why I got it. Um, ringworm or staph, uh, the, the first time I got it, I got a cut on my elbow in, in high school in a wrestling tournament. The, the tournament was pro, the, my first, it was my first match and my opponent was really, really nasty, really stinky. It smelled like his, his body smelled like he hadn't bathed in like three days. Like, and when I got done with the match, like I walked up in the bleachers and I, I remember sitting down beside my dad and my dad could smell my opponent. It was like just disgusting. It was all over my body, but it was a wrestling tournament. So I had that match maybe 9 a.m., maybe 10 a.m. And then, uh, and I got a cut on my elbow during the match. So I had this really stinky guy, got a cut on my elbow and because the cut on the elbow, it starts bleeding. So you get blood time. So they, they, the, the medics tape it up during the match. So then, um, tournaments are long. I don't think we, we might've not left the tournament till eight or 9 PM. And then, you know, about an hour drive home from the tournament. So I can remember, uh, very distinctly riding home with my parents after my high school wrestling tournament and taking that bandage off. And I remember when I took it off, you know, it, it was a cut that had that nasty, that nasty guy sweat in that cut for maybe 10, 12 hours. And I remember taking that, that, that bandage off. Um, and I was like, this is not going to be good. But that was the first time I got staph infection. Wasn't surprised that it was coming. Uh, looking back on it, what would I would have? What would have been a smart idea? Would have been smart idea after that match to cut that 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 tape that bandage off, clean that wound, and then and then rebandage it. You know, put gauze on it again. I had more matches in the wrestling tournament, but it would have been smarter to cut that off, go to the bathroom, wash that wound, and then rewrap it. And after every match, just repeat that. Um, you just don't want nasty stuff um, and then covered festering in a wound. Um, that was the first time I got staph infection. Um, and ringworm, the times I've gotten ringworm, honestly, it's, it's been, I get home from training, I'm really tired and it's, it's a really nasty thing to do. This is how I learned my lesson, um, was, you know, I'm tired and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just take a shower in the morning. Um, and I wake up, take a shower in the morning, a couple days later, 
your leg starts itching and you look down and you got a little 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 uh, red circle uh, with raised bumps on it and you can you can google what ringworm looks like what staff looks like but a uh, ringworm little little like perfect little red circle with uh, raised bumps um, and uh, and it itches um, and uh, so again that one was no surprise so that's how I learned my lesson uh, I've also gotten staph infection uh, training with people that had staph infection I, I wouldn't train with somebody that had staph infection uh, if I knew it it's I found out after um, you know, it's like man you know and that one what it comes down to is we, we always have staph on our skin again in our nostrils but it all comes down to uh, how much of the infection of bacteria or uh, a bacteria or virus or fungus these things are always around it just comes down to to the the intensity or the the dosage that you're exposed to uh, so that's why you shouldn't be training when you have a staph infection or ringworm um, and uh, because you're it's not normal levels that are on our skin it's a much much higher levels and that's where the can uh, gets uh, infected or you know contagious um, and with that too if, if you get a ringworm or you get a staph um, don't, don't train, don't come to the gym and train with it. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not too difficult to treat. You can get an antifungal, uh, for, uh, ringworm and, um, you put that on your skin, uh, for staph infection, uh, you can, uh, you get antibiotics. You can get a topical antibiotic and oral antibiotics there. It just takes a few days. Um, does, doesn't take very long. Um, Easy to do. Uh, they're they're not super expensive. The antibiotics and stuff are not super expensive. Uh, another thing that I like now again, I'm not a doctor saying this, so uh, that's your that's your medical disclaimer. Uh, but for ringworm, um, ringworm and staph infection, I like uh, tea tree oil. Um, and so when tea tree oil can burn your skin, so make sure that you test it on a small uh, part of your skin. When you look it up, most of the time it says to dilute it. I don't dilute mine. Uh, lots of times if I get a bump, I will, or it seems like an ingrown hair, I'll pluck that ingrown hair. Uh, or if I have something that, that's like itching, I'll, I'll apply ring, uh, not ringworm, uh, apply teacher oil directly to it. Um, another thing you could do is you could buy defense soap. It's a, a soap for athletes, uh, and it has tea tree oil and eucalyptus oil in it. Uh, another option that I've done that's, uh, that's a more cost-effective option is go to uh, CVS or Walgreens, you can buy the tea tree oil. It's like $10 for a small little concentrated uh, little vial of it. And you can uh, open up your, your body wash if you have a liquid body wash and you can put tea tree oil in it. Shake it up and now you've made your own homemade defense soap uh, that has tea tree oil, tea tree oil in your, your soap. So if you don't want to order the defense soap. Um, Number three, brush your teeth before class. You know, this is just, you know, this, these are basic hygiene, basic manners, you know, the, um, cause you're going to be breathing in your training partner's face and, you know, you're going to be sweating on them and all that good stuff. So brush your, brush your teeth before class. Number four, uh, this was one that made me laugh at Tom the Blessed Head. Number four, uh, it was, uh, if you don't have time to shower, wash your ass, <laughs> ass. Um, so, um, you know, the, um, uh, good hygiene, it's not, baby wipes are not just for babies. Um, uh, the, it's highly suggested. So if you, if you can't shower, but you've been using the bathroom and stuff, 
you know, washed below the belt. Um, you can get baby wipes. This is this will trust me. Your your spouse, your significant other will uh, thank you for it. There, it's not just for babies. Baby wipes are a great hygiene tool uh, to use. And um, uh, Joe Rogan has like a little. He he goes off on it because he's big on baby wipes too. Um, but he just says like, just think if you were to. You know, if you were barefoot and you were walking in your yard and you stepped into dog poo, you would never grab a paper towel and just wipe your the, the dog poo off your foot and be like, yep, that's good. I'm good to go. I'm going to walk around. You would you would wash your foot. So just think about that as, as you as a person. Um, you know, just, just think about that. Just do that same analogy. You would, you know, if you, if you stepped on some, some dog poo, you would never just grab a paper towel and wipe it. And be like, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a pair of socks on and shoes on. And I'm gonna live the rest of my day. You would, you would consider that disgusting. So, um, the the when I was, I guess when I was in high school, I'm getting old now, but they used to call it like a metrosexual, where um, you were super, super particular and super hygienic. Um, being hygienic is 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 not, but they would say that like a, it was like a a bad term or making fun of you. Being clean is not bad. Being clean is a uh, is a big plus uh, for your training partners, your significant others. So uh, the baby wipes are a good tool. Um, yeah, but especially if you're if you're grappling, you're wrestling or doing jujitsu. Uh, if you get north south, you know, the training partner is going to be thankful. So, um, let's see. Number six: cut your fingernails and toenails. Uh, this is for so you don't cut each other. The that is how staph infection, uh, the most common way that people get staph infection, are fingernail cuts and to, uh, toenail cuts, little slices. Um, if uh, I got to get some more hand sanitizer for the for the side of the mat, I use put the hand sanitizer so that you can clean your feet. But also, uh, whenever I train, you'll notice that if I get a fingernail cut or a toenail cut, like a slice on my leg, after that session, I'll usually go over and grab the hand sanitizers, just just alcohol, and just put it directly in there so that it doesn't uh, all that all that nasty stuff doesn't have time to to hit just to clean the wound. Um, but um, trim your nails your your fingernails and toenails uh so that you you do less cuts uh don't have big claws and stuff and, and especially for there's always going to be accidental eye pokes in training uh if you got some claws on you then those accidental eye pokes could be a serious injury you trim your nails uh they're not not a serious problem um the eye pokes still hurt but but not not like a having a claw on your your nails um number 7 uh, he had, this is on his list. Do not, do not burp on the mats. Um, you know, it's basically have manners type thing. Uh, you're, you're not going to be perfect. Like, can you, can you perfectly control when you're going to, uh, burp? No, this is, this is more just having manners. Don't be disrespectful. Don't, don't like let out like the biggest belch on your, your drilling partner while you're drilling. Um, you know, his, his thing said, excuse yourself, you know, go to the side or something burp if you need to. If you know you got a big burp and it's going to be nasty, it's going to smell nasty, it's going to be gross, don't burp on your training partner. Step to the side um, as best you can. Same thing goes for if, you, if you're if you going to fart. Don't, man, don't fart on your training partner while you're drilling and stuff. Walk to the bathroom, um, you know, step outside. You know, you can step out the front door, you can step out the back door in our gym. 
the you know the back door is very accessible. You can if you gotta you know you gotta pass some gas, just step out the back door, step to the bathroom. Don't while you're drilling with your partner, don't just uh, blow them up. That's uh, nasty. It's just rude. Uh, it's rude. It's unhygienic. It's, it's nasty. Don't do that. Uh, obviously, burping uh, or farting like there's nobody's perfect. You can't control everything and you're squeezing and you're pushing. Some, sometimes stuff's going to happen. It's not the end of the world, but if you can control it, that's the biggest thing is you should be respectful to your training partners and, and be, res- and, uh, and if, if you feel it coming, don't, don't actively, uh, let your, your bottle, your body's, uh, gases, uh, just go on your training partner. If you can, if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, number eight, he had, uh, if you cough, uh, cover your mouth and excuse yourself to wash your hands. Another one, basic hygiene. You know, if you got to cough, like don't be, it's, it sucks if, you know, you're drilling with somebody there on top of you drilling guard pass and they just start coughing and you just, it's all over your face. Like, don't do that. Um, you know, you got to uh, cover your mouth and then, then go wash your hands. Uh, we really gotta, really gotta get on the kids with this one. It's one of the things. That not many adults will do it. Every once in a while, it will they will? But coughing or sneezing, and like they'll cover their hands, and then they'll just go right back to drilling with you. You cough or sneeze, and you cover with your hand, you know, or your arm. Go to the bathroom, wash your hands, wash your arm. Uh, the person, the person that's drilling with you, can see it and feel it. It's like uh, it's 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 yeah. They don't they don't want to just shake hands and and start drilling with you again or sparring with you. Mm. Number nine, do not walk barefoot into the bathroom. We clean the bathroom every day. We mop the floor every day. But, you know, um, sometimes people, you know, bathrooms get dirty uh, and we, we, we disinfect the mats multiple times a day. Right now, because we've had a couple uh, staff infections, we are extra uh, disinfecting the mats. Uh, but but if you walk into the restroom and the restroom is uh, the floor is dirty, and then you walk onto the mats, you're just dragging that onto the mats. Same thing goes for don't walk don't don't walk with your shoes on the mats. Uh, just when you walk into the gym, just take your shoes off on the edge of the mat. Pick those bad boys, carry them over, and put them onto the side of the mat where you're gonna go. Uh, don't step, don't step across the mats uh, with your shoes on, because then you're just tracking all the everything that's on the bottom of your shoes, from bathrooms to the parking lot, etc., onto the mats that our face is gonna be on, rolling around on it uh, in the next few minutes. Mm. Number ten: If you have a rash or bump, apply Lamisil or antibacterial until it goes away before training. So we we'll already went over that. It's basically if you if you get um, ringworm, will will look like a circle. Uh, it'll be itchy. It'll have some raised bumps. Um, I've had one that kind of looked like the target. Uh, logo. Um, staff infection will lots of times look like a super zit. Uh, it will look um, like a um, a super zit, or it will turn into. It might be one zit at first, and then the next day it'll it'll be a cluster of zits, and it, and it's zits where you usually don't get them on your elbow, on your knee, uh, you know, on your quad your hamstring, a place where you normally don't get zits and it's a cluster of zits. Sometimes people think they're spider bites or ingrown hairs, uh, but that's when you want to, you want to look for it. Uh, I, you, and you can get topical, um, antibiotics so that whenever you get those, you can just, um, apply the topical antibiotic to it right away and knock it out. Um, 
but you you want to monitor it if you and when in doubt if you don't know you can always send me a picture um i don't think it's gross or nasty it's just part of the game i've seen so many of them and it's just part of my job send me uh send me a picture uh and i can let you know whether i think it's ringworm or staff again not a doctor but can at least uh, suggest you the right way and that'll save a, a lot of people from getting infected and and if i do see you with if you come to the gym and you have ringworm you have staff uh, first of all, don't 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 wrap it. Don't bandage it and wrap it up and come train. Um, when when it's active active infection, once you get really sweaty, uh, first you could you could spread it more to yourself when you're moving around. It's getting aggravated, agitated, and uh, and also even though you cover it, when you get sweaty, the sweat can still transfer through your through your bandages, uh, and you can still infect other people. Um, but this is one of the times I have to be the bad guy, gotta be the coach. It's, it's, I don't like being the bad guy, but if you do have a ringworm or staff infection, I see it, I'll have to tell you, Hey, you can't train today and you, you know, you can't come back until you, uh, till, till it's fully healed. So your ringworm has to be gone. Your staph infection, the wound has to, it has to be gone. The, the wound has to be fully sealed. Um, and that's so that we don't get everybody infected. This uh, we've never had to do it. We we actually haven't had staff infection. We got a couple the last couple of weeks, and and initially I think it came from another gym cross training, which cross training is great. But um, you know, especially if you're going to another gym, you don't know how often they clean the mats. You don't, you know, you you just not. That's not your home gym. Uh, and this is just a good practice anytime to shower right away. And if you have open wounds, clean those wounds, address those wounds, uh, right away after training, whether, you know, it's mat burns, scrapes, cuts, things like that. But especially if you're training in another gym, you want to, you want to shower uh, right away as soon as you can. Uh, um, but I think that's where we originally got the infection. It was, uh, I think it was, yeah. Anyway, it's what's done is done. Can't do anything about it. Um, but uh, we've we haven't had staff in a little over two years. Um, but we we got some recently. So we, and we've never had to quarantine the whole gym. But that does happen sometimes with with gyms. Left to quarantine, they'll have to close for a week or two to to just nip it in the bud and to stop it. Um, and um, and wrestling teams, it's I. I can't think of actually of MMA gym that's had to the shut that like I can't think of from my memory, but I can think of multiple wrestling teams that have had to stop. And it's again, you got high schoolers, uh, high school or college age, uh, and they're uh, they're they're not just they're just not bathing, and uh, the whole wrestling team can get staph infection or ringworm, and it'll take a whole team out, and they'll have to they'll have to cancel all their matches and and stop their cancel their practices until everybody's cleared. Um, but again, yeah, if you get it and I tell you you can't train or I have to send you home, not I don't enjoy being the bad guy. It's just the same way. I'm just trying to protect everybody in the gym. The same way that I, if I get onto you because I see you exploding on a submission or when you're, you're sparring, if I see you headhunting, throwing bombs, trying to knock your partner out, same thing when I'm getting onto you there. It's just to, uh, I don't like overregulation and, and too many rules. Uh, I try to keep the rules uh, uh, to just be the ones that are important that keep the, the gym functioning, keep the programs uh, running the correct way, and, and keep everybody uh, injury-free. So there's always going to be fluke accidents, but you have to mitigate and manage it, and it's, that is my job. Uh, okay. 
Let's see. When I covered that one, we already covered some of these, so I'm having to skip over my notes. Um, and that goes for so the next one. That goes for any type of illness. Um, you know, I was talking about my buddy years ago, but you know, if you if you got a cold, you got a fever, uh, flu, COVID, anything. This goes for cold sores too. Yeah, if you notice. Um, if you ever notice that I'm growing my facial hair out, it's I, I can't grow facial hair. I have terrible, terrible facial hair. I can't can't grow a beard or anything. It, it looks terrible. If you ever see me growing facial hair and I'm not training, it's probably because I got cold sore. Cold sores, it's the herpes virus. Um, so I'm not going to train because, one, I don't want to spread it to my skin uh, more. And, uh, and I definitely don't want to get into my eyes. It can be serious if uh, cold sores or herpes virus gets into your eyes. So I don't want to spread it on my skin anymore, uh, and I don't want to get in my eyes. But I also I would feel terrible if I gave you know gave it to somebody else. So uh, and that's it's really common mat herpes and wrestling, and uh, I have plenty of friends that that have the, the have it, and, and lots of them can tell you the exact story of how they know they got it. They they were training with a guy, and he just showed up and was like, oh, "I'm gonna be hard. I'm training no matter what," and then they got it from that guy, and then. And it sucks. So, but don't be that guy. You you got a cold sore. Um, don't um, yeah. Don't don't come train. Give it to everybody or the flu or COVID, etc. Anything that's contagious, just wait. And especially if you got a, especially if you got a fever or something like that. Like uh, that one's been really weird to me. People when they come train and they have a fever and like I'll check on them. Like hey man, you all right? And they're like yeah, I just uh, just got a fever all day and man, I just feel run down. Um, so you're going to get everybody sick, but you're not getting a good training session. And, and also your, your immune system's already working. It's already compromised and it's trying to make you recover. Now you're just beating your body down even more. If you got a fever or you're, you're sick, you do actually need rest. So, uh, don't just, don't just grind yourself into the dirt, uh, and push yourself when you're sick. You're going to prolong the, the, the illness. You'll, you'll actually be at your training sessions are going to suffer. When you come to the gym, you're going to get even more sick. You do need rest. Take your rest when you need it. You'll recover and you'll be back faster, um, and you'll you'll be you'll be back even faster. The training. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I already covered this bullet. I'm having to skip over stuff. I already covered. Yeah, when in doubt, you can send me a picture, and uh, um, I'll, I'll give you my best best advice from my experience on it. Uh, another bullet point that's on there: put deodorant on before training. Should be self evident. Um, Oh, the other one I didn't cover, or I meant to, uh, with wearing training clothes. A lot of our students will go lift right before training, and that's fine. And, uh, you know, if you're lifting and doing cardio before training, uh, you know, just if you're just lifting, you don't break a crazy sweat, not a problem. But if you went and did cardio, uh, don't walk into the gym with with drenched, sweaty clothes on. You know, if you if you did cardio, if you went and did strength conditioning right before jujitsu or muay thai. Just pack if you know you know if you know that's your schedule. Just pack a you know an extra shirt. Don't come in with like a drenched sweat sweaty shirt. You know, and your shorts are drenched in sweat. Just just pack an extra change of uh you know pack an extra shirt. You know, pack extra training clothes uh, since you know that you're gonna do you know back to back sessions. But you know, lots of lots of times when you're lifting, you're not gonna be drenched in sweat. It really comes down to if you're wearing sweatpants and a hoodie and you're doing hard cardio and you're you're just drenched. No, nobody wants to the very beginning of a session just you know you start drilling and you got somebody's cold sweat all over you. Um, but just playing ahead, you know, not not that big of a deal. Just extra extra shirt, 
extra shirt in your uh, extra training clothes in your bag, deodorant in your bag, and then you're then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, this this was just like a good rule of thumb that was on the Tom DeBlast post. Uh, somebody posted it, and I agree with it. But if, if you're not clean enough to take someone on a date, you're not clean enough for the mats. Uh, that was one of the the most liked comments. Which, but it's it's a good little rule of thumb. Uh, this doesn't mean that you gotta have clone on or anything like that, but it should be your your mind space when you're going to train. You should be you should be clean. Uh, doesn't you don't gotta be super fashionable or anything like that. Doesn't mean you gotta have like a perfect matching outfit or anything like that. It's just just clean. You could wear the most basic stuff. Your clothes don't have to match. Doesn't have to be fashionable, um, but just just clean. That's the most important thing. Uh, and um, if if slash when you do get ringworm or staph infection, you know what should you do? You can still train plenty. You can train your body when it comes to strength and conditioning. Um, uh, you're not, you know, if you're lifting weights, you're not you're not going skin to skin with people. You're not you're not touching people. Uh, you should still bandage it and still cover it up if you're lifting. You're at a gym lifting. You can still do conditioning work. You can still do cardio, indoor, outdoors. Um, so you can still focus on making your 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 body, your machine stronger, faster. Your grips, your isometric isometric strength better. Your core better. Your um, your flexibility better. You can still all do those things. In cardio, you can do conditioning indoor, outdoor, so you can still get a great training session in. And uh, when it comes to sport, it, when you have ringworm or staff and you're sidelined and you can't uh, train, you could come watch class. There's nothing wrong with that. We actually have students that do that when they get injured or if they, they have a skin infection. You can still come watch the technical part of class, um, and that's, uh, that's a good thing to do so that that way you're still – you're you're still upgrading your software, and you can study. Uh, you and you can study film, so you can watch matches, uh, watch watch fights, watch matches. And if you think you know a normal class has about thirty minutes of technical instruction, you don't you don't have to sit down and study for two hours, but sit down and do a good thirty minutes of studying, watching a match or watching a fight, and actually pulling out pen and paper and taking notes down. Uh, where it's not just passive watching, but active, you know, you're, you're actively, uh, with that class being 30 minutes of instruction, where you're 30 minutes of focus on technique, do 30 minutes of focus technique, um, but it's just mental technique, uh, you're, and you're drilling, mentally drilling, you're studying uh, a fight or a video, and that way you can, you can get better. I, I actually, the first time I really did this, experienced it, and, um, uh, where, where I actually got to realize it, it made a huge difference when I was in high school. Uh, I dislocated my elbow, and uh, it was actually it's the worst injury I've ever had. It was my first big injury, and it was the worst injury I ever had. I didn't have to have surgery, but just it was a nasty elbow dislocation, and uh, my I was really bummed out because I couldn't train. And I was coming to the gym. I was watching the instruction. I, I was I would watch sparring too. I was coming and watching the the classes, and I was bummed out. I had my sling on. And one of my coaches at the time, Ed Clay, he he came and gave me, he gave me three jujitsu DVDs. Back then, uh, YouTube wasn't didn't have much on it, but he gave me three jujitsu DVDs, and uh, and I couldn't train for three months. Uh, yeah, I couldn't train for three months 
with with my upper body. So I couldn't do jiu-jitsu or wrestle or uh, at that time just just did jiu-jitsu and wrestling, but I couldn't train uh, that way for three months. So I watched, I can't tell you how many times I watched those three DVDs. And when I came back after three months of not training, um, I, I kept up with my conditioning, so I was still running and using a stationary bike. Uh, and I st- now my, my arm, I had to do physical therapy to re-strengthen it and get the flexibility back. And when I first got back to training, that arm wasn't, wasn't back to where it was originally, it, not yet. But in the first month that I came back to training, uh, I was from... At that time, I didn't take notes. I would just watch, watch those DVDs over and over and over. And it was, it was easy because we didn't have high-speed internet and we didn't have cable where I lived. Um, so I would watch those, those DVDs over and over and over. But the first month that I came back, I was doing techniques that I didn't do three months prior. And I remember my coach said something to me. And he said, he's like, hey, you've been studying? And uh, I was like, yeah, I've been the, – the DVDs that Ed gave me, um, I watched them over and over and over because I was doing moves that my coach had never taught me. Um, uh, moves that my coach had never taught me, I'd never learned in class, and I just learned from watching matches and watching instructionals. And uh, that was, I was, I think, 17 when that happened. Uh, and yeah, the 17, 18. And that, um, yeah, that was the first time I realized, like, hey, studying studying tape and not even doing the sport at all for three months. And I was, I was significantly better when I came back. So it, it can be done. And, and this is what, what pro athletes do, what pro fighters do all the time when they have injuries. They, you know, if they fracture fracture their uh right hand and they work on their their left hand and all and their their knees uh, elbows and kicks you can always train around it so um let's see let's see let's see you can upgrade your your strategy and your your techniques uh, mentally a lot uh so then um yeah that's it on uh that's it on the uh staff ringworm so you know uh, if you're new to the sport, it's it's bound to happen to you at some point. When it does, not the big deal. Just just take care of it early on. Now on to uh, the some some notes on the Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you got an injury or you got a staph infection, ringworm or cold or something like that, the uh, uh, this would be a good fight to to watch and study. Uh, if you're a striker, it was a, it was a good example, something good to watch. Um, Magomed Ankalaev, you know, he's definitely uh, gonna have a title fight, uh, another another title shot this year. Already fought Jan Blahovich, and uh, that that was ended in a draw. Uh, that was a good fight, uh, and his record was eighteen one and one. The no contest came from the the Johnny Walker uh, incident, uh, but. Walking into the octagon, um, Michael Bisbing gave him a pretty good compliment. To, to quote Bisbing, what he said was, "He's close to a perfect, close to as uh, a perfect fighter as you can be." Um, so that's a pretty high uh, compliment and praise from Michael Bisbing. Uh, and what I think what Bisbing's talking about, he, he said, he said his his fundamentals, his basics are razor sharp. Uh, I, I think why Bisbing really likes him, it's the same reason I like him, but if you were to watch how Michael Bisbing fought Anderson Silva, uh, it's very, very clean, technical, fundamentals, basics, nothing fancy. Uh, and that's, that's a good fight to watch and study as well. I think that's why Bisbing admires Ankalaev, uh, because Bisbing has a similar style. And, uh, so, um, uh, 
uh, so Ankaliyev versus Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker is very unorthodox, very flashy, very uh, unpredictable and wild, which makes you a fan favorite. Makes you a very exciting fighter, and especially at the lower uh, lower levels um, of the division, like the lower rankings, uh, local scene, amateur, and local pro scene, and then even the 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 lower the the lower tier uh, of the UFC uh, can give you really good success. At the higher tier, the the top three. In the top five of the division, um, uh, the tricks don't work as well um, because you're just you're just sitting getting the cream of the crop. So, uh, and that that's universal. That goes for all combat sports. Um, but at the at the lower tier, the 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 unorthodox, the wild stuff can get you some really really highlight finishes that that makes you a fan favorite. Um, but uh, some some notes uh, from watching that fight that I saw. The, the approach that he had, Ankalaev used, very similar to Michael Bisming versus um, Anderson Silva. And then another fight for you to watch and study if you're trying to improve your striking would be, and what's similar to this, Ankalaev's performances would be Joseph Valtellini versus Raymond Daniels. It's a great kickboxing bout to watch. Um, Raymond Daniels, another uh, very flashy um, exciting, uh, flashy in a different way than Johnny Walker, but um, but very flashy and the, the way that Joseph Valtellini uh, chops him, takes him down. It's a great fight to watch if if you have somebody who's unorthodox and wild. Like how what should you do? Um, so watching Ankalaev and uh, uh, Ankalaev versus uh, Johnny Walker. These are some notes that I took. Um, let's see. So the first round, what Ankalaev did um, was he weathered the storm and uh, figured out um, uh, Johnny Walker's range, rhythm, speed. Everybody has a uh, natural rhythm and, and uh, movement patterns and speed, even with people that have unorthodox styles. Their style is unorthodox to you or to other people, but it's not unorthodox to them. They still, when someone's unorthodox, they still have patterns, they have, still have rhythms, and they have a method to their madness. That's, that's how they can be successful with it, whether it's Johnny Walker or uh, Tony Ferguson or Dominic Cruz. It's unorthodox to everybody else, but to them, they do have a method to their madness. So uh, you can you can figure this out by studying their fights, and you will pick up on patterns and uh, learn what your opponent likes to do in given situations. But also, there is something to be said for the first round of a fight when you have somebody who's very unorthodox or very explosive to use the first round conservatively, uh, be smart, figure figure out the distance, figure out how quickly they can move. Um, you can see somebody when you watch um, when you watch them fight or you're studying their their previous fights, and you can give an estimation, but you still don't uh, quite know how quickly they can close the distance um, and they're, uh, what they feel like until you get in there at least for a round. And Ankalaev uh, did that the first round. He he played a conservative game. He was using uh, inside and outside low kicks uh, and single punch, single punch combinations, jab to the body, inside low kick, outside low kick, uh, cross to the body. Um, he, he threw several lead hooks. Lead, the lead hook for me, I was orthodox, so when I was fighting, the lead hook is my favorite punch. It's your, your most rangy power punch you have. And you still have your rear hand protecting your face, so it's a power punch that has the most range, um, but but also you have good defense built in. Um, you want to set up your if you're throwing a rear hook, you want to want to set that up. 
but obviously work behind your jab. But uh, and, and he was throwing one or two shots, punches at a time. He wasn't throwing big five punch combinations, and he wasn't uh, charging forward. He he caught one of Johnny Walker's kicks in the first round, uh, but even when he caught the kick, he stayed measured. He didn't uh, rush. He he stalked towards Johnny Walker, but he didn't bum rush him. If he if he rushed him, then he could rush into a, a spinning elbow, spinning back fist, or a flying knee. And that would be something that a Johnny Walker uh, could could capitalize on. So it was smart that he didn't do it. Uh, didn't just charge in when he when he caught the kick. Uh, let's see. When uh, Johnny Walker was throwing spinning uh, spinning attacks, spinning attacks, there there are counters to them. But the, if if you're not the greatest at counters, uh, sometimes the smartest thing to do is to have a to when Johnny. If you watch the fight, when Johnny Don't Walker did the his spinning attacks, uh, Ankalaev does a high guard, so his hands go from you know about his chin level to top of his head, and he also did a high check, so he did he did a, a high protective shell. Uh, both on his head and for the kicks and body, so high check and a high guard. So that way, if he's if he doesn't, it's, he's just basically putting his shield up. Um, when when you have somebody that's that explosive and that powerful, um, and you especially in the first round, you haven't figured out exactly how fast they are. Um, you're still figuring out their rhythm, uh, going to a high shell, high defense when they do something wild, a spinning back fist or a uh, capoeira kick or uh, you know, spinning back kick. is a, It's a smart thing to do. Uh, put your shield up, defend, block, and then go back right back to uh, picking your shots intelligently. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Another thing that Ankalaev did well was he did uh, – he really utilized low kicks well and low kicks in the direction that Johnny Walker was circling. So if you watch the fight, um, uh, he was he was stalking Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker was consistently circling. Johnny Walker was circling a lot to his left, and Ankalaev would uh, stalk him. The commentary booth was uh, calling that that Ankalaev need to cut cut Johnny Walker off, and that's not wrong. That is a strategy. But what Ankalaev did was he actually followed him in a circle, but he would uh, follow him in a circle and then throw the low kick in the same direction that that Johnny Walker was uh, uh, circling to. And that's a smart thing to do because when your opponent's circle, if they're circling to their left, when they're midair as they're circling, they can't check. Um, so one, they can't check your kick. And two, it's increasing power on your kick. So you're throwing a good, strong low kick, but they're circling into it. And uh, when once you experience those 100% low kick, shin straight to the quad, you can only land so many of those before the legs start shutting down. Uh, and when the legs start shutting down and you start taking away at that, now you've taken away your opponent's side-to-side movement. And, uh, and it also starts taking away some of their explosiveness as that, wor- that leg doesn't work as well. Let's see. And the finish ultimately comes from a uh, it's a it's a simple finish. It's a rear hook from Ankalaev. Um, John, uh, Johnny Walker enters with a switch dance low kick, and his hands are low. Uh, so this is this is something that unorthodox people uh, do pretty often. Which it's uh, this is something that you would want to capitalize if you're going against somebody that's kind of a wild a wild opponent. Is that when they're doing their unorthodox things, the most simple way to win a fight is a punch to the chin. Okay, whether it's on your feet or on the ground, 
it's one of the most simple things to do. Um, if you can, if you can, and you don't have to load up your punches. If the timing is just right and their guard is low, so you don't have to rush the finish. You don't have to throw everything into every uh, every punch that you're throwing, whether it's on the ground or on your feet. When you watch that fight, there there wasn't a huge load up. It was a good right hook, a uh, good rear hook that ran land right on the chin. Uh, Johnny Walker stepping in with his hands down, and uh, and if you just focus on the target and with punches, especially when your opponent. If they're being super, super flashy, I wouldn't suggest to go flashy with them. Uh, keep the, the conservative game, high guard, and look for the chin. Simple things. Simple, simple. Johnny Walker steps in with that switch, that switch stance low kick. Hands are low. The right hook lands perfect timing, and it's over. Uh, another example on the ground would be Ton Lee versus Gary Tonin. Gary Tonin's going for uh, leg injuries and uh, some, some advanced leg attacks, and Ton Lee super simple uh he, he it might be a right hook from him as well but just straight on the chin uh the most most simple way to to finish a fight it's it's not a jumping side kick it's not a spinning back kick it's not a omoplata it's not a flying triangle it's a it's a it's a punch straight to the chin so sometimes uh, and oftentimes uh, the example the three examples that we have here Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker Michael Bisbing uh versus Anderson Silva and Joseph Altolini uh, versus Raymond Daniels. It's it's fundamentals, nothing fancy, smart defensive uh, pressure uh, that that won those fights for those those three guys. So um, so so a couple more fights for you to, to break down. And uh, when you see that's what I saw when I watched the Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker fight and uh, and uh, those other ones. But the, they would be good. Uh, good fights for you to study. If you could fight like Ankalaya, Michael Bisbing, or, or um, uh, uh, sorry, Joseph Altolini, um, would be super proud and uh, super proud. No, and none of those guys can. None of those guys are. You don't have to be able to do a one-handed cartwheel or like a jumping uh, cartwheel kick or anything like that. So if you're not this athletic freak. Uh, those are three examples of of world champions, world champion level uh, that 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 don't do that can't uh, do those big cartwheel kicks or don't do them uh, at all and are very successful. So, um, yeah. So that's all I got for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, coming up, we got the end of this month New Breed uh, Jiu Jitsu tournament local, and we also have the PKB. Uh, it's a point muay thai tournament kickboxing tournament that's uh the newbury january 27th and pkb february 11th so uh we should have a good turnout for both of those um great way to get experience local tournaments uh and uh keep your keep your sword sharp if you're getting ready for fights or uh fights or bigger tournaments and great way if you're a beginner or intermediate and you are trying to build up your competition experience those are both great opportunities great tournaments so see everybody there see in the gym uh, yeah we might be closed tomorrow uh for the snow on monday um i will post that to the uh, i'm putting this out sunday night so everybody's gonna listen to this later on but uh like always check the um social media accounts to get the, the most up-to-date information on the gym. Uh, that goes for weather closures, etc. But, uh, yeah, hope everybody has a good Sunday. Stay warm, stay safe, and uh, yeah, it's probably smart to stay off the roads if you don't absolutely have to get on them tomorrow uh, with all the snow that's coming. See you soon.